Uh, gambling addiction hotlines would do so much better if every tenth caller was a winner. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a terrible system? Did, Did I win? Did no, I t- click. Did <laughs> I win? <laughs> and uh, who is that? The uh, the attorney general or whatever gets involved, and uh, we uh, we have reports that uh, you're. You're supposed to be helping with gambling addictions, and you're actually enabling them. Is this uh, is this true? Yeah, but look how much better our call call volumes are. <laughs> it went up four hundred percent overnight. <laughs> do you want to try? <laughs> do, do you want to try? <laughs> you too could get a ten dollar gift card to Chili's. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I don't even. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, let's just start. How about let's just yeah, start? Yeah, maybe we should introduce ourselves. That'd be a good idea. Okay. Sean Cooper. And today, on this episode, we're going to talk about interest. And we will we will talk about interest with such interest that you I knew you were gonna bring will be that. interested. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I knew you were gonna like play on that. <laughs> I just I mean You had to. If you should be one thing, you should be consistent. There you go. Well, okay. Um, I, I mean, do I do I babble about what what interest is to me? What what interest is? Go for to it. You? What are okay? <clears throat> Let's see. Let's find out. Interest is generally something that is uh, accrued or something that is placed uh, when involving a loan of some sort. It is probably the most common way. When you are loaning out money and you are paying it back, you are paying back at an interest rate. And that is, in a way, uh, for for whoever loaned out the money, the incentive for them to say, yeah, please borrow my money. And uh, you can use the money for whatever you choose, and then paying it back at that higher rate might be a good choice for you. Uh, and that interest can go at different levels, different variables. Some are a fixed rate, which means that you have an agreement that the interest stays on a solid rate, a solid percentage. And some of them are a variable rate where it kind of ebbs and flows usually with the market, but ultimately written on paper, it's just whenever they feel like it. And uh, so that can go up, that can go down, that can go sideways (laughs) if you're not paying attention. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so that's been the truth about investing. Back to base. <laughs> what, uh, what, what do you What do you think? Like that's. I mean, if somebody says interest to me, those are the things that hit my brain. What, no, that's I fair. Mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, interest is just the uh, additional funds paid for the privilege of borrowing money. 
And it's paid for two reasons. Number one, the person lending the money is giving up the opportunity to spend it now. Um, so there's the, the time value of money that giving, giving up that opportunity. So the opportunity cost, if you will. And then there's the, the risk factor, the risk that somebody will not pay it back. So that's what the interest is. It's compensating for both of those things, whether it's, uh, interest on debt or interest on equity. Now, interest on equity works quite a bit different. It's not guaranteed, um, or that would be the primary difference between the two. But yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're borrowing the funds or lending the funds. There is going to be interest involved, you know, unless we're talking about uh, between family members, then there might not be interest involved. But you know, that's a different story. For the sure. for the most part, we're talking about interest, and uh, you know, most people think of it in terms of like their credit card or borrowing for their mortgage, something along those lines, and that's us being on the, the receiving end of paying the the interest uh, we're receiving the funds we're borrowing the funds we're paying the interest uh, for the privilege of borrowing the funds for spending now as opposed to spending later and for yeah. them taking on that risk uh, but there's also interest that you can accrue as an investor by lending a company funds by lending uh I get most of the time it's going to be a company, but oftentimes it, it's ultimately lending to uh, individuals as well. So, for example, when you uh, deposit money into a bank, they are turning around and lending those funds out to individuals and companies and things of that nature. That's why your your money market or your CD, your certificate of deposit, earns interest, uh, or you buy bonds from a a company or a government entity. You're lending them funds, and they're going to pay you interest. Uh, with equity, it's a little bit different. So stocks, you're you're not necessarily, it's not exactly a lender borrower relationship. You are in fact giving them funds, but you're you're giving them funds for ownership, for actual interest in the company, as opposed to uh, being a a third party that's just lending in that scenario. So the interest that you accrue is more based on the success of the company and whether or not the company grows and therefore increases the value of your ownership and or pays out dividends to you. That would be the interest that you're accruing for uh, giving them those funds uh, in exchange for ownership for interest. So yeah, a little bit different in sense. those two regards, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, it, and you know, speaking of, you know, for for it, as an investing perspective, that's that's something that a a route that different types of investors might go down into when it gets more into the becoming a lender and not so much utilizing lending anymore. I know that's pretty common in the uh, real estate investing world, where they will start out as utilizing loans or utilizing whatever capital they have and. Uh, purchasing and flipping or buy and hold or or whatever process that they like to do but then towards the end when they have a large profile and either they want to step back from it or they're just looking to have a a different process or maybe add to their their process then they might become a lender and have somebody that goes you know i i've been flipping houses for x amount of years and i understand the system so now i'm going to loan money to other flippers that want to 
use this money to do just that and then that way they use their expertise to figure out whether or not it's a good deal if they're going to get their money back in interest if they think it's a good purchase or or that sort so investing wise it's not uncommon to veer into the uh, loan lending lending world I guess yeah. is the term I was going to say loan officer but that sounds far too like official <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah the, the lending world yeah, um, or or you'll see like a, a successful business person. They started their own business. Obviously, they borrowed funds in most cases to do that. Um, they've made their business successful, and maybe they are a serial entrepreneur. They do it over and over again. But maybe they just take the funds that they their excess funds that they've accumulated, and they invest in other entrepreneurs, other people starting their businesses. They'll you know I'll take a ten percent stake in your business in exchange for this money that you can use to actually get it going. Or uh, maybe it's a forty percent stake, whatever it is, depending on the the size of the investment. Um, or they invest it in the market, and that's the same thing. When you're buying stocks, you're still buying into a company, and you're it all it all falls under the same guys. So, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and and because I'm not sure how regulation stuff works in this podcast, I'll just stay somewhat cryptic <laughs> um, okay uh i've i have recently uh invested in one of those types of things where it's uh a friend of mine that is getting off the ground that i might have told you about actually uh, okay that is doing live streaming yoga studio yoga fitness and oh yeah a brand type thing you've and, become uh, a venture capitalist chris i <laughs> i have look I'm, at you i'm re- I'm branching out. Yeah. And so I uh, I had a similar conversation with him that I did with you where he's like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm like, that's great. These things look awful. He said, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we should make them look less awful. I said, you're right. <laughs> you should try these things. I don't know how to do these things. You should do those things. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, And so we've We've been working on that where uh, my buy-in, and that's what made me think of this, my buy-in was to purchase higher-end recording equipment so that the sound quality is higher-end, kind of like we did before we started this podcast. We wanted to make sure that we had uh, good recording equipment, both him and I. Um, right. And uh, this this is similar. Actually, that's where the thought stemmed from, is that I feel like people are immediately turned off by poor audio quality because they they just think that people aren't taking it seriously whether they are or not i think that's just an inherent thought that people have and uh so i wanted to get involved in that and so we've been taking some time to uh, improve his online presence a little bit and we're we just launched the website the other day and uh we're going to implement the new audio recording equipment hopefully in the next week or so and and see how that carries over and um you know if if really and this this is this is more on a personal note you know less less on the investing side because this is about what you want to do with stuff that you invest in i i did make a purchase here um to to make this happen because it had to be good quality equipment um but my thought on all of this is very much either this will become marginally successful which is you know at, at the very bottom what we should be shooting for where it it is enough for him to be able to do what he wants to do and enough for him to not have to go back 
to his full-time job that he wasn't particularly enjoying. And if he's doing that and he's doing what he loves and I dropped a little bit of cash that I would like to invest in seeing somebody else reach that point, then that's still a good investment to me. And on the back end of that, if he just proves to be wildly, wildly successful, which I really think he has the qualities to be able to do so, uh, then, hey, let's make some money <laughs> is is really what it boils down to. Um, there you go. But I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it either way. But now that I have some skin in the game, it kind of makes sure that, that I am invested in it personally myself and wanting to see it succeed and kind right. of put some, some deadlines on there just as he has because he had to do his own investing on certain pieces of equipment and getting the website started and and those things. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a way to invest using interest in ownership yeah or in early stages very early stages go go make your money (laughs) (laughs) um god i want to ask you about like getting dividends out as part of your interest but that's that's a future episode that's a are we talking about dividends later yes cool according to our our big fancy yeah our our Oh shoot! What's the name of that? Uh, you used to get them in school all the time. Uh, our class oh, outline. Yeah. <laughs> no. Our there's some word for syllabus. It. it doesn't matter. Ah! According to our syllabus, uh, we'll be doing dividends. Where do we do dividends? What? No. You know what? You did. You did mention dividends. We. I thought it was happening later this season, and upon my research, I was wrong. So let's touch on dividends now. So if if you're getting paid out as a form of interest in dividends because you have invested in a company in some way, shape, or form, then how how does that work, Sean? So, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's just a form of interest that you're being paid uh, in exchange for the, the funds that you have given the company. Um, that's your way of being paid as an owner of the company or one of two ways rather. Uh, you know, the first is the appreciation of your ownership, but the second is the dividends. So basically the company has their, uh, gross revenue. Then they have all of their expenses paying their executives, their employees, their, uh, you know, mid-level management, the covering the company or the, the buildings, the maintenance, Everything. So all their all their expenses, their cost of goods sold, all of that comes out. Then they have their their profit. From the profit, they have a number of things that they can do with it. They can reinvest it in the company for growth purposes or new ventures. Um, they can, or they can pay it out as dividends, or they can retain it for future prospects. So re- that would be retained earnings. So that option that we're talking about those those three options one would be to pay dividends to pay the owners of the company for that ownership and some companies will do it on a regular basis it's just part of their their business oftentimes we're talking about large blue chip companies that have been in business a long time they pay out they strive for a x percentage to be paid out on a quarterly basis typically is what dividends are paid out on and um Normally, it's a fairly level dividend. It might be increasing slightly over time uh, to 
keep pace with inflation. Others, you know, if they're you know just becoming profitable, they might pay out some sporadic dividends. But ultimately, it's to pay pay the owners in exchange for those funds uh, that the company had access to. So, uh, so that then, I'm understanding. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, uh, I was just going to add that um, dividends, like we talked about in. Uh, prior episode are taxed differently. So from a uh, investor standpoint, as opposed to paying taxes at your income tax bracket, typically dividends are uh, the same as like long-term capital gains, which is going to be 15% unless you're in uh, some of the higher tax brackets, in which case you get hit with another, I think, three point something percent or you're at like uh, 20. Oh, I need to look it up again. Uh, I think you can get back up to uh, kind of the mid-20s ultimately if you're in some of the higher tax brackets. But the reason that you're paying lower taxes on dividends is because the company has already paid taxes on it in many, many forms, but uh, primarily corporate income tax. So uh, it's basically a second tax, which is why it's taxed at a hopefully a lower rate, at least currently. And when you're talking about being in that higher tax bracket, whatever that amount is, that 3% or whatever, that occurs because of your income amount? Correct. Uh, your, okay, so your income is uh, set and your your income tax bracket is set, and then they look at whatever dividends or capital gains or anything that you gathered that year, and then that will determine the percentage on that. Right. Yeah, it's at okay. least 15, but it can be higher. Okay. So then, so I understand it. Then dividends are paying out essentially profit margins. So everything that the company has chosen to take money and put it back into, whether it's it's growth or resupply or how, however it goes back into the company, once it hits that limit and they go, we, we made $10 this year, then they determine how much of that $10 gets sent throughout the owners of the company should they should they decide that that's that's what they want to do with the money exactly understanding dividends to be cool yes Yes. okay so as as a form of interest it's a definitely more challenging uh less rigid form than you would see on debt interest so like if you lent a company money or if you borrowed money where it's normally a set percentage that you're paying so you know, maybe you're earning. Uh, you 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 buy a bond from a company, so you you lend them money, and say it's five percent. So they're fa- paying you a five percent coupon annually, or it, more likely, it's probably going to be monthly or quarterly that you're they're paying a a pers- uh, a piece of that five percent uh, out, and then they they pay the the full amount back typically at the end. So years down the road, when I'm part of Shark Tank, then I need to sit there and make sure to to evaluate my amount that I'm purchasing into the company because that 30% ownership that I want in this company is the idea that uh, at the end, whenever they do start to send out dividends amongst the company because that's their profit margin, then I'm looking at... 30% of those profit margin dividends down the road whenever it grows to that point? Is that right. is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, that or more likely, I expect a lot of the Shark Tank, they're uh, 
building up the company and then selling it and they're taking their profit from the increased value of the company itself. So they, they buy the company when it's worth 250,000. So 30% of that, you know, is, um, 75,000 and then, you know, they, they grow it. So it's worth 10 million or something and then they sell it and now their 30% is worth 3 million. So that that's typically how they're 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 not waiting for the company to get to a point of paying out dividends typically in uh, a lot of venture capitalist scenarios um dividends you're more looking at like your warren buffett he he wants to buy into a company and hold it for the long term and he's looking for a company that's going to not only grow uh in valuation but also going to pay out some uh dividends over time as well so the, these are more like Shark Tank is like growth stages, and right. then you're yeah. That's you're the venture capitalist. Venture capitalist, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. No, I I I feel like I kind of knew what a dividend was, but that actually clears it up pretty nicely for me. I think. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we've looked at interest. We look at interest. Uh, how things are affected on the. Uh, receiving end, so to speak, where it's where it's us being involved in loans and paying interest and and the reasons that those interests exist uh, and and why they are there and what risks are being taken and why why interest happens in the first place. And we've talked about very briefly uh, the fact that there is a difference between fixed rate and variable. Actually, I'll mention that quickly because i feel like we've talked about it in different episodes so i'll actually we talked about it in inflation that's right our last episode okay yeah so just hitting on that again just know <laughs> just know if you have a fixed rate or if you have a variable rate when it comes to interest uh because that can change and it can affect things and it may or may not flux with the market uh but if you don't know and then you get hit with a big bill uh you know you don't be surprised because you have a variable rate. <laughs> right. Just, That's you know, more common do, on do like mortgages and things of that nature than sure. uh, like your credit card normally has a stated rate as opposed to a, so a fixed rate as opposed to a variable rate. Uh, your mortgages you're typically going to see is where you're more likely to see like a five, one arm, which means you've got five years at a fixed rate. And then every year thereafter, it can change based on, um, interest rates at that time. That sounds like a like a wrestling guy. The five one arm. You should always uh, getting the chair. You should create a character. <laughs> uh, Somebody's yeah, so persona. He's the he's the banker. <laughs> the b- Oh, he's going to look at the dividends coming out of that guy. Oh, God. He's bringing out the coin bag. <laughs> this is the dumbest wrestling person <laughs> I've ever heard. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. But God. anyway. Okay. Um, right. Why? Uh, I feel like we should talk about why interest is so important. Yes. Wow. Maybe yes. we should have started with that. Yeah. What? No, we're just going to bore them with interest and in what it is, and they'll be like, "I don't, I don't care. Why do I care?" And yeah, I might, I might even put this at the beginning. Let's, let's find out. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, all right. So all right. why, why 
do we care about what interest is? Like, I get it. Yeah, I, I get. So I get what interest we've been is, talking but. about it from two standpoints: one, the 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 borrower and the lender. So we'll we'll keep it in those terms. First off, as a, a borrower, if you have a credit card, say that has a twenty four percent interest rate, that means every dollar that you let stay on there that you don't pay off on a monthly basis is costing you 24 cents annually. Actually, it's it's more than that because they normally have daily compounding after the 30-day window or whatever. Uh, so it actually ends up being the APR annual percentage rate ends up being higher than whatever the stated rate is. But you get the idea. The point is it's it's really expensive. It's yeah, credit card interest can be really expensive. The other thing is if you have, for example, a late payment, say you missed a bill. It was 100 bucks. You missed it by a few days, and it cost you 30 bucks. Are you making fun of me? Yeah, I, I am. You that I, yeah. missed, I missed a payment like yep. this last month. I just, you know, it's some, sometimes we can't all be superheroes. Sean. No, but that's why we learn from it, and that's why we're <laughs> letting everybody else learn from you, Chris. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, because I don't know if I just clipped that from earlier, but I, I'm pretty good about paying it, my full credit card every couple weeks, and then life happened, and I saw something shiny, I don't know, and I missed a payment, and they hit me with 30 bucks, and I was butthurt. <laughs> yep. Okay. And my point well, is, well, if, the same page. if that was only like 100 bucks, say you missed a $100 payment, and they charged a $30 late fee, 30 bucks doesn't sound like much, but from a percentage standpoint, that's 30%. Yeah. Your odds of earning that by lending to someone is slim to none. Uh, the market earns that every now and then, absolutely, but it's not guaranteed and it's not frequent. So it doesn't sound like much, but from a percentage standpoint, of, as a percentage of what you actually owed, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, from the, the lender standpoint where, and th this actually applies to the borrower as well, um, but typically you hear it from an investor standpoint, uh, so the lender standpoint, if you will, and that's the concept of compound interest and how powerful compound interest is. Because most people, you know, you think about interest, you're looking at simple interest. So you invest 100 bucks, you earn 10%, that's $10. Okay. Yes, that that I checking on the math. That, <laughs> that is that is correct. Right. So if you look at simple interest, that same hundred dollars, you just let it sit there for twenty five years, and it earns ten dollars every single year. That's what simple interest is. You're just earning interest on the invested amount. At the end of that twenty five years, your hundred dollars is now four hundred and fifty. No, three hundred and fifty dollars. Right, because you earned two hundred and fifty. $10 increments times 25, 250 plus your original 100. So you got 350 bucks. Compound, compound interest, you're earning interest on the interest. So after year one, you now have $110 in there. So that full $110 is earning 10% in this example. So the next year, you don't just earn $10, you actually earn $11. And so in one year, it made a difference of $1, which doesn't seem like a lot. But in our 25-year example, instead of having $350 at the end of 25 years, you have $1,083.47. Wow. Yeah. 
It's a huge difference. That is interest on interest. That's the power of compound interest. And that's why we talk about investing because investing is the ability to grow your assets without having to necessarily put in a ton of extra work in the process. Um, I mean, it depends on how you do the investing, of course. Uh, but, sure. you know, conceptually, that compound interest does not require extra work on your part is the idea. And uh, it, it can, makes a significant difference, especially when you have longer investment timeframes. That compounding effect is more and more powerful the longer we are looking, the longer your time frame. So the earlier you can start investing, the better, the more that compounding can work for you. Again, it does impact the borrower as well. That compounding effect has the very opposite impact if you are the one borrowing the money. Run, run, run that by me again. Okay, so if I have a... Uh, if I've borrowed $100 in this example, yes. instead of paying it back, I just let it sit and accrue interest at 10%, that compounding is working against me. Right. That makes sense. Because the amount I owe is growing faster and faster. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Now, technically speaking... As a borrower, typically the the lender is going to require certain payments, either uh, you know at a minimum interest only. You might sometimes see, in which case you're paying off the interest, but you're not paying off the principal at all. So you're just paying that ten dollars over and over and over again, and not necessarily making any ground. So it's not compounding on itself. But hypothetically, if you didn't pay it at all, then it could compound on itself and become that much worse and basically spiral out of control, as it were. Well, and that's that's why however many episodes ago when I was talking about how I thought I knew about money and I didn't, and I was just making minimum payments. Like, <laughs> Oh, that, right. You know, that's a good explanation of, uh, you know, not making any ground. Uh, absolutely. Right. I, I like that. I like that little like, oh, yeah, you, you did make those choices that uh, I uh, I didn't make those choices. I heard that. <laughs> it's fine. It must have been must have been hard making those choices. I, I can't imagine myself even having that thought process. <laughs> no, that's a good no, that's a good point though. You should uh, definitely look at your credit start card statements. Yeah. Look at the minimum payments and then it also I believe is supposed to show how much you would pay if you only made the minimum payments. How long it would take and how much you would pay. So, you know, you you owe x amount, but if you only made the minimum payments, you would end up paying this amount over this period. And look at how much more that amount is. And that is the compounding of interest working against you. And it's it's just kind of good to have that knowledge as well, because the uh, that's something that comes up even on a fixed rate side of things, where something I I didn't know. It's I, I guess it's not a huge deal to me, but I, I just didn't know this, is that uh, when you it's typically with auto loans that I've seen this. It has a fixed rate interest, and you you sign for four years, six years, whatever whatever the amount of time is for the auto loan. But I've learned that because of the fixed rate and just the way that they're built, that they they don't have this ability. How do I put this? If you pay it off sooner, you're still paying the same amount in interest because that's what's in the contract. So in order to pay it off 
you will still be paying off X amount of money. So there's there's always going to be an amount that says, uh, uh, if you want to pay this off today, it will be X amount of money. And it will be more than what you see on just your overall first step loan, if that makes sense. It depends on the loan, but yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. And so that's that's just something that I was not aware of uh, that happens in a fixed rate loan of some sort. Some where they say, okay, rate. you know, some fixed rates. Uh, if you sign here, then you will owe us that interest. And ultimately, it's kind of a pay it back whenever. Now, the reason that was important for me to learn about was uh, I, I we did an auto loan this uh, this last year, and I, I had all these different reasons for why I did it. And I, actually, I think we talked about it one day, but I got a good rate for it. And ultimately, when I learned that whether I paid it off in a year or if I paid it off in six years, it was going to be the same amount of interest. So then I said, okay, well then let's just do it for six years because I know I'm going to pay it off and I'm not too concerned about that, which is why I thought about doing it within a year. But when I found out that the interest was going to be the same no matter what, and I got a good rate for it, then I just stretched it out. And that was, that was my choice. Um, no, that's, a, I mean, if, if you're going to pay the same interest regardless, then I would say stretching it out is probably your better option because then you're at least using inflation against them and holding on to the money and using it, you know, and that was the goal. Like, yeah. Cause I, I, that's, that's what it was. It was, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they said, Oh, well, well Mr. Mr. Holling, you, uh, you approved for 3.25%. And I said, Oh, 3.25. That's, that's interesting. They said, yeah. I said, Can you go any lower? I said, uh, I guess, I guess I would have to talk to, to the manager about that. I'm like, well, you should probably do that. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I, if they said no, I still would have done the 3.25. <laughs> but they uh, they called me back. They were like, 3, 3% will be just fine. I'm like, done. And it's going to cost me the same if I paid off in a year, if I paid off in six years? Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right, cool. Six years. Let's do this. And uh, that's that's why that happened. But I wouldn't have had the the knowledge to do that if I wasn't aware of that. So just just take the time, read into read into what what it is if it was a compounding interest deal then six years would have been a terrible choice right yeah um, or if it was a situation where uh it didn't have that that interest clause in it and repaying it early would have avoided some of the interest that could have changed that uh decision making sure. process as well obviously so yeah what else are we missing? Is there anything else? Is that is that interest? Did we just did we just explain interest like interest in a box? I'm box hoping we I'm hoping we have satiated everyone's interest in interest. <laughs> I found it quite fascinating. You thought I was going to say interesting, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's uh, I think that's a good wrap up, and uh, you know, I don't know. I think that's pretty cut and dry. Uh, we're what what else you know what you you were you were right sean i didn't want to admit it but you were right this last episode uh about a week later sean told me hey why why didn't we tell them what we're gonna do this season i said because they don't need to know he said no we should we should tell them something (laughs) so he's right uh this season season three because we're you know already in number two here uh, we we are getting involved in the actual investing process, which is why inflation was important because then we are adjusting the things you have to consider when you are getting involved in investing. Uh, and interest, because now we're talking about if you are making a 
a purchase into the long haul, whether it is involved in dividends or getting involved as a venture capitalist and starting to build some business and you're starting to look at interest on your behalf and not just on a receiving end for loans, uh, then, then that's some of the things to understand for things that you're looking for as you start to invest. Uh, coming up throughout the rest of the season, then, then we are going to continue to touch on the actual act of, of investing and different ways that you can invest and things to consider as you are investing. Uh, and that's, that's what season three is about. It's kind of, kind of the meat of, of what we were looking at. And then uh, we do have some plans for some future seasons to get into some more more advanced stuff, but it's it's just one step at a time, which is why we're doing... Okay, you know, you think we're doing one step at a time for you guys. It's for me, because I need to be able to track this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is baby steps for me. Uh, do you, is there... Is there anything else that you can think of that we got? Now, are we giving them up? the specific for next episode or no? <sighs> well, I'll tell you what. Yes, because it's going to be me babbling anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, this next episode that we have coming up is we're going to be talking about homes. Uh, talking about liquid assets, lateral moves in homes of purchasing within the market because the the fact is is that i feel like it's less common to find somebody that will actually rent their whole life there's usually somebody that makes a purchase of some sort for a home and has has different reasons for it and we we want to talk about purchasing in homes and and kind of how that can or can't be applied to your investing process or just taking care of yourself and uh just kind of some some philosophy on on purchasing a home and if is is purchasing a home the the best investment that you can make like you've heard before or is it not a great investment at all is that is that a good is that a good trailer voice yeah that's fun yeah i I, I would just say that i would classify it as an illiquid investment but yes illiquid illiquid not liquid illiquid sounds like sick liquid it's, it's ill. <laughs> ill. We should stop. <laughs> we should definitely stop. Uh, thank you for joining us on another episode of The Truth About Investing Back to Basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we will catch you on the next episode. See that? That actually. Yeah. Really, that was, wait, Unless you keep stop. going and then you're. What? <laughs> <laughs>
strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal accounting or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or their representatives, the consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but this uh, this dad jokes book mm-hmm. that I like to poke through yeah. has the same mustache I have. <laughs> of course it does. Maybe that's, that's, what Maybe that's why they got it to you. It. <laughs> uh, how do you make a Swiss roll? I don't know. You simply push him over. <laughs> <laughs> justice is a dish best served cold. Because it was served warm, it would be just water. <laughs> just... If you read it, justice is spelled with ice. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I, I, <laughs> just, just ice is a dish best served cold. Yes. Yeah. It be just water. I was like, oh. either this is way too deep for me, or I'm missing something else. Because, yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm many things, but unless prompted, deep is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how, how am I going to word this? I, there's got to be a creative way to put this in here. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I want to have like a cut to us laughing. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Uh, yes. So tell us about dividends there, Sean. <laughs> you do like it corny. 